Martika's mom struggled with substance abuse her whole life, and it affected their relationship. In 2020, Martika lost her mom. They were in a healing place when she passed, and since then, Martika has learned a lot while navigating her grief. I was having connection issues the day we recorded, so I apologize that there are technical issues in portions of the recording. Thanks for understanding. And now, Martika's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have with me Martika, and um, we are getting into season three of the podcast, and I am just I am just blown away by this, that, that it's still going and that people are still sharing their stories. And I told Martika before we started recording that I am, it's been such a blessing to my own grief journey. And so I appreciate every single person that shows up here to do this because it's not easy not easy being vulnerable and sharing your heart and sharing your story. So if anybody's listening is thinking about sharing your story, just like I told Martika, there's no right or wrong way to do this because it's your story. So, um, but Martika has felt led to come here today and share her story in hopes that just like some of the podcasts she's listened to have helped her, she in turn wants to share her story in the hopes of perhaps helping someone else feel not alone. So thanks so much for being here, Martika. I'm going to turn the mic over to you and let you introduce yourself and tell us your story. Hi, Bev. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this. And like you said, I hope today that my story can help someone else in their journey through, unfortunately, being a part of this club. Um, So my name is Martika. I am 32. I grew up with my mother and then my dad was around, we were not together. Um, Throughout the course of the years, they did get back together. Um, But growing up, my mom was an addict and it was really, really tough. Um, And that kind of put a strain on our relationship for me. Um, You know, you still your mom, so you still love her, but having a parent that's an addict is really, really hard. And so my childhood and my life didn't look as, you know, as similar to other children my age. But, you know, we got through it. And I started going to therapy in 2019. And the goal was to just kind of make some peace with the things that I experienced as a child as far as trauma and to kind of heal the relationship that I had with my mother. We have a great relationship, but, you know, it still were a lot of strings and things that were just kind of hindering where we could go um, and how it could be. So I just remember early 2020, you know, just getting to a place because of therapy where I was just learning to accept my mom completely and wholly for who she was and still loving her through all her chaos and madness. My mom was an amazing person. She was very kind, very loving, very caring, and just loving those parts of her and still, you know, being honest with her, open with her, but just accepting her for who she was. So if we were coming into this healing, healing moment of my life that I felt like, okay, we're turning this thing around. Um, I had a friend who was actually grieving. She lost her partner to COVID and she had just had a child. So we were trying to lift her spirit. We went to go hang out with her. And I got a call that my mom was found unresponsive. Now, earlier that day, my mom was supposed to go to a barbecue with friends. She looked good, she was feeling good. 
as I got older, she still did have her addiction, but it did get more, it got better in a way. Like she didn't stop completely, but it wasn't, she was more of a functional addict than she was when I was a child, I could say rather. And so she was supposed to go to a barbecue. I seen her that day. I talked to her that day. And then I got a call that she was found that night unresponsive. Um, so I flew, you know, to go see her. She was being taken away to the hospital. And we're in the middle of COVID. COVID was about four or five months in at this point. No, actually probably like six. It was June. And so the hospital won't allow visitors and things like that. Um, my uncle and my dad were supposed to be, you know, her next to kin, make her medical decisions and things, but they couldn't do it. So then all of a sudden I became that person because I'm the oldest child. So it went from, you know, my my mom's in the hospital to now I'm the person the doctors are talking to. I'm the person making the medical decisions. And so I remember being in a room with my grandmother, which my mom is my grandmother's only daughter. Um, she has three brothers, um, my dad, my siblings. And the doctors are pretty much telling me, like, you know, we're hurting her. We're causing her more harm than good. So I think that we should just take her you know, off the machines and things. And so all I'm thinking in my brain is that my whole family is looking at me. They're looking at me to make a choice. But I'm also trying to respect what my mom would want because my mom would not want to live like that at all. She always voiced that. But I'm looking at these people who love her and, you know, we like want to hold on. But I'm also that person that can say you have to respect the wishes of people even when they make you uncomfortable. And I just remember saying to my grandmother, like looking at her in her face and just saying, I'm so sorry. And having to tell them that we're going to stop any, you know, doing any more extreme measures. And we got to go say our goodbyes. And I just remember we all went two by two to say our goodbyes to her. And when we got back to the house, um, I got a call that right after we left, she actually passed before they even took her off the machines. So it was just like, how did I go from, you know, helping someone else and consoling someone else to now I need to be consoled and I need to grieve. But I feel like in those two months, I was just like in a state of shock because I had to be responsible. I had to plan a funeral. I had, you know, my sister was pregnant and she's never been to a funeral. That was her first ever funeral with our mothers. Um, my grandma lost her daughter, her only daughter. My dad lost his partner. My uncles lost their sister. I'm thinking about everyone else and who they lost, but I'm not taking the time to think like, but you lost your mom too. And it was just us for a while, like, you know. And I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, how did this like happen? And then, you know, I remember the day before her funeral, the printing company that was making the obituaries didn't open. So now I'm up trying to figure out how I'm going to get funeral obituaries. And I just remember being in Staples and just having a massive breakdown, just sitting in the middle of Staples and just crying. And I know people were like, what is like going on with her? But I'm like, I think that was my point where I finally took it all in. And then the next day it was just back to being the strong person for everyone else. And therapy helped, but I feel like the time, I needed more time. So I got a grief therapist. And then I did go through a moment I was just drinking, just drinking all the time. And I realized like this is not doing anything. It's making me sadder. So I cut that immediately. And then I just found myself angry. Like, you know, we were finally getting into this really good relationship and now you're gone. And I felt just 
so many different things. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to share with my family, but they were all grieving. I wanted to talk to my friends about it. And they were very, my friends were phenomenal, but I didn't want to keep, you know, you know, sometimes you feel like you're a burden, even when you know you're not. But sometimes it's just like, I don't want to keep burdening them. And I, but I still had businesses to run. I still had life to live. So the last two years has been like a roller coaster for me, just trying to find healthy ways to grieve. But what I have realized is when you grow through, go through something, especially something like losing a parent or grief in any type of form, there's never really a right or wrong way to deal with it. You have to figure out what works for you. You have to find outlets and hopefully they're healthy outlets and sometimes they won't be. But just knowing that every day feels different. Some days I'm okay. Some days I'm like, I need to call my mom. I'm like, I can't call my mom. Some days I'm driving, a song comes on and I cry. Some days I laugh and think about something that she did. It just comes in waves. And in the midst of that, you know, losing other people after that, death was just still coming. And I just was like, I'm not going to any more funerals unless I have to. I haven't been to a funeral since my mom. But I just felt like I planned it. I tended it. Like, I can I just kind of have some some you know time from that but it this journey has been very eye-opening it's been an it's been an experience that i still can't even put into words but i know where i started and where i am now is definitely not the same place and i know that the greatest thing that i can do for myself and her is for me to still to live because i'm still here so i need to continue to live and keep going and I know that she's seen all these things. She's making all these things happen for me. And she's she's still here protecting me and things like that. But she's just not physically here. But I just, grief is hard. It's challenging. Like I said, I had two therapists that wasn't working. I was drinking. Like, it makes you just feel like you'll never get out of it. And then the one person that you would call to when you're going through these things, you can't even call. So I've just been trying to realizing that I'm not going to get back to myself. I'm going to be different. There's no right or wrong way to get through it. There's no time frame on it. And that's, that's the thing I think I was trying to do too. I was just like, I want to get, not get over it, but I don't want to stay in this feeling. I don't want to stay like this. I want to get up. And it was just like, you cannot rush the process. Like you just cannot. And it's something that you never get over. You just get through. And I tell myself all the time, just get through it. First Christmas alone, but I didn't, I didn't allow it to, like I didn't decorate or anything, but I didn't feel bad about being alone. I was just like, you know what, this is how my new norm is going to kind of be. And I have family and I love them. I just wasn't in the mood to kind of go socialize, but it was just like, you know, it's okay. And this is like, life is not over. It's just, it just looks different. And that's why I tell my couple, it just looks a little different. And unfortunately, death is something that's, it's the only thing that's certain in this life is that we are going to die. And unfortunately, I think when it comes to our parents, we kind of think that they had this immortality, like they're never going to go. But unfortunately, the way we get older and we grow up, they get older. And so, you know, they end up leaving and departing us too. And it sucks because no one wants to live in a world without their mom. I think about the fact that if I get married, she won't be here to see that. She didn't see me open up my store. She's not seeing me like grow my businesses. She's not seeing all these great pivotal things that I need her to see. But in some way, I feel like maybe she is seeing it. And my dad is always there being there. And I definitely appreciate him because he was definitely, we went through this together in a sense because he lost his partner. They were high school sweethearts, you know, and 
I feel like he looks at me like with these super sad eyes all the time. Like, oh no, it's just it's it's just been really hard. But I I did I I have a great support system when I do utilize them, and therapy has definitely helped journaling, um, and feeling it. When I feel sad, I cry, I scream, I don't try to not feel it. Like you said earlier, there is so much strength and vulnerability, and I think that we think we're supposed to look all together all the time and. I'm okay and I'm no, I'm not okay today, but tomorrow I might be, um, maybe in a couple of days, but I feel everything that comes with it. I, I, I hold our memories and I look at pictures and I can look at pictures now sometimes and not always cry. And I can look at the picture sometime and think about that memory and think about how much fun we had. And instead of just constantly telling myself, I wish we had more time, which I wish we did. However, we don't. So it did also make me with knowing that spend more time with people that I love, like my dad and other family members and friends, like, because one day we won't have this time anymore. So really giving people their flowers and doing these things now that I know that, you know, I lost someone so close to me and unfortunately I'm going to lose more people in this lifetime. And so while we have these moments, let's make more memories instead of saying we wish we would have did more things when we go or that person goes. So it definitely has helped me look at it made me look at grief in a different way it it has made me it changed me it gave me more patience it taught me to give myself more grace um i was angry for a while just because i'm like you know that was my mom's story and that's my mom's life and there's no shame or embarrassment in it there's no shame and embarrassment in mine we are all fighting battles we all deal with things the way we see fit and that's what she saw fit to live her life my mom is still my mom. I love her. And I just hope that she's up there like proud of me. And it's just, I just, I don't wish this feeling on anyone, but unfortunately we all have to experience it one day. And I just hope that for anyone that even does have a parent that's an addict, no, it's not your fault. It's not you. Your parent is their own person, no matter what title that they have. As your mom or your dad, they are their own person. So don't let that stop you from still loving them for who they are outside of that because addiction is really hard. And people choose that route when I feel like sometimes they feel like they have no other way to go. And just don't judge them for it and still love them for them. And anyone that lost their mom, just know that nothing can ever prepare you for it. No matter if you knew your mom was sick, if it happened unexpectedly, nothing I feel like can ever prepare you for losing the person that raised you and carried you and conceived you and but just know that you have your memories you oh they will never go away you had your time hold on to that and to know that you have to keep going even though you don't want to that's the main thing is just to keep getting up even when you don't want to get up <laughs> wow well you have done a lot of work and it's been two years is that what you said yeah Going on three this summer, yes. Yeah, you have done a lot of work. Because um, I'm going to tell you, I was angry for 20 years. So God bless you. <laughs> uh, that you have um, done a lot of work to to release, um, you know, some of that anger and all those perceptions and all those hard feelings. So good for you. Good for you. Thank you. I think starting therapy when I did kind of, not that I know that any of this going to happen, but I think starting therapy when I did to just learn to Love, accept her for who she is kind of helped me with that because then once it happened yes I still had the anger and, and all that but I'm like you know what 
that's who she was. So I cannot, you know, I can't walk around mad. The world's not going to bring her back. So that was one of my questions when you said that you started in 2019. Can I ask, like, who, who did somebody encourage you to do that? Did you do that on your own? How did you start therapy in 2019? I just did it on my own. I so I kind of grew up as a people pleaser. Like, you know, like I said, having a mom as an addict, a lot of the times of when I felt the most loved by her was when I gave her things, to be really honest. And so that kind of followed me with my relationships as far as my friends. Like just my my love language to show people I love them is giving them experiences or buying them things. Like that's just who I am. I love seeing people that I love happy or people in general. So it started to affect certain friendships and things like that. And just in general, just trauma that I just was going through. So I wanted to get to the bottom of, like, why am I doing these things? And so it wasn't encouraged. No one in my family went to therapy. When I actually told my mom, it was like maybe a year later, um, I told her I was going to therapy. And she was just like, why are you going to therapy? And I'm just like, oh. And the goal was to eventually to get her to come with me at least for one session, but we never got to make it to that. But no, I just, one day was just like, I had enough of my own crap and I just, I don't want to carry this stuff anymore. Like I've been through that, but that's not who I am. And I just wanted to just find a healthy way to just get it all out, not be ashamed, not be embarrassed and start to make peace with what I went through as a child. Yeah. And how amazing that you, you had done that. You had enough time with that, um, you know, before she passed to, to that, what I want to try to say is that you, you weren't at a point where you felt like your hearts were like banging against each other, that your hearts were starting to, you know, become mended together again before she passed um, because of the things that you learned in, in therapy. Yes, definitely. Wow. Therapy, definitely. And that's what I say. I feel like God, like I'm not super religious, but I am, I do believe in a God. And I just feel like when something is, something is calling you and you like to do, just do it. So when therapy came and I could afford it. I was finally in a good place for my finances with my, my career to like finally, okay, I can pay for this. And I can find one that I like that was, you know, perfect. And I'm like, let me just do it. I keep talking about doing it. Let me just do it. So I feel like sometimes things happen when they're supposed to happen, even if you're not thinking too much about it. So I feel like maybe I needed to start that then to, you know, get to where I am now. To, so I'm happy I listened to the voice that told me to go. <laughs> Yeah, because maybe that's been the part that's been allowed allowed you to receive the grace that you need to to do. You said, you know, from where I started to where I am now, you know that you're in a completely different place, that you've done that, in my opinion, in, in a very remarkably short period of time. Um, and maybe because you had already opened up yourself to to looking at your relationship through a different lens from understanding that, you know, if your mom was an addict, but the addiction was not, uh, you know, a direct reflection of you or to you, or, you know, you said you had to, I love that you said you had to learn how to accept her wholly, um, accept my mom completely and wholly as she was. <laughs> wouldn't the world be a better place if we did that with everybody? It, it actually really would be. And I feel like because, I watched something like years ago, just, it was like, I'm not a TV person, but it was just something on TV that was just playing in the background. And it caught my attention when the person said, sometimes people were given roles in our stories of life, but they didn't really want that role. And I thought to think like, you know, she's my mom, you know, she wants, she talked about how she remember when she conceived me. So I know that, you know, I was a part of the plan that she wanted, but 
you know, as a child, we accept our parents. Like we look at our parents, we live and they're our superheroes, no matter what they're doing, not doing. And I think that sometimes I would get into this, she's my mom, she's superhuman, but no, my mom is a woman. And now being a woman and understanding like the thing that I've been through in a short time as a woman and, a, you know, a teenage girl, you know, what she probably even endured and things that she felt and experienced. So I could give her that grace now knowing that I'm an adult. But as a child, I'm just like, my mom's supposed to be a certain kind of way because it's my mom and she wasn't that way for like at all ever traditionally. But um, but then I'm like, you know what, but this is her and people love her. I love her. Like she may not, you know, have a disconnect with me, but she was amazing to my friends. Like, they felt like a safe space and other people in our community. And, like, she was that person. So maybe when I let go of my angst and all that stuff I had feelings toward her is when I realized, like, you know what? She is, you know, this amazing person. I just, I'm holding her to this standard that's not even realistic and it's not fair. So let me lower, not lower, but let me just get rid of it because she's still a human being. And then that's when I'm like, you know what? we can, we can do this. (laughs) And that is so profound. Um, You know, there's a quote that says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. them. And an addict is a different, a different animal. I mean, it's, it's a disease. It's a disease. Mm -hmm. Um, But changing your perception is such a huge accomplishment because even I had to do that just with my dad, because he was never the kind of like wholly involved in my life, like grandparent to my kids like and I kept just banging my head against that wall like why won't you know why isn't he this why isn't he that and then when I took a step back and looked at the whole picture he never really was that way with me mm-hmm. I think all of a sudden he was going to be it was going to come right <laughs> and once I changed my expectation of what I was hoping he would you know and that's he was a great dad and he was a great dad and he did the best he could as a grandfather uh, we just lived in across the country and all that kind of things. But once I changed my, my expectation, things were, things were just a lot more on my end. I I let go a lot of those hard feelings and things, which weren't even really, to be honest, fair to hold him to that. kind Mm -hmm. of standard. Yeah. It's not, it's not fair. It's not achievable. It's not even realistic. It's not, but we're conditioned to think that a mom and dad have to be one way, super involved, super affectionate. Like even, I was like, not that child that was like hugged all the time or told I was loved. So I wanted to stop being like that. I don't want to feel awkward when people hug me or like, you know, so you had to look at like, baby, my mom might've not been given that kind of affection, which is why I could, you know, she couldn't give it to me. But I look at like, you know, as adults, we are our own people. So it's up to us to keep hanging on to that disappointment and those expectations or saying, you know what, because I know I'm a mess sometimes as a grown up. So <laughs> I can really understand now. Like I, I get it to a certain extent. So I think once we just let go of this condition, expectation of how parents are supposed to look or feel, we can just see them as they're just people. They're our moms, they're our dads, but they are people. Like they are perfectly imperfect people, just like we all are. So that definitely has been a game changer for the way I've been able to manipulate through the world with this situation and others too. So it's still hard, but (laughs) it is hard. It is hard. Um, And it, yeah, like you said, it's still, you can still go through it every day, but just having those lenses of being able to, you know, just maybe just that inkling in your mind to think, Hmm, maybe, you know, I should change my expectation. And you, you specifically said too, like you're, 
your new normal. You know, I think everybody, a lot of us hold on to, we just want things to be the way they were, mm-hmm. or they're never going to be. No, and, and I found myself trying to, like my mom was, she would go out, she would hang out, but she was more, she loved her home. She loved to be in the house. And I'm a traveler, solo traveler, get up and go. I'm always somewhere. I found myself not leaving my house because I'm just like, like people are coming, like, tell me, like, go outside. Like, why, like, what are you doing? It's, it's like, I wanted to, I thought to kind of like emulate her house, her life to a certain extent. I feel like, like I was just shutting down. And so I had to like, you know what? Nothing's going to ever be the same again. That's what change is. Change is constant. Sometimes it's good change. Sometimes it's extremely painful, uncomfortable change, but it's going to happen. So I'm, I work. I was working so hard trying to get back to my old self. When I was like, no, it's you're, you're different now. It's like a snake shedding his layer of skin. Like you're different now. You went through something. You went through a lot in the last two and a half years, a whole lot back to back. So it's not you know, you can't just get up and be the same again. So now I'm just accepting the fact that life is different for me. We don't spend holidays at my parents anymore. Like that's not a thing anymore. It's just certain things that just are different. So accepting that and finding a new normal, one that makes me feel okay. And eventually one day that probably will change, you know? So it's just accepting that change is change and it's always going to happen regardless. We cannot stop it. So that's what I just try to tell myself. You're on a much faster scale than I was because I was mad for 20 years. And then it actually was, you know, the pandemic. And I I lost my sister in the beginning of 2020 that I realized I had never fully grieved my mom. And that's what kind of got me. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's constantly changing. I'm constantly learning. There's no right or wrong way to, to do it. Just like you said, you said, you know, people got to find their own thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, outlet works for them. Don't compare your grief to others. Don't Never. hold yourself to a timeline. Like literally everything you said was like, oh, yep. And I think just having like, you know, because I went through so much as a child, having to mature so quickly, I think that kind of helps me sometimes too, because it's like I had to mature so fast anyway. And then like you said, you lost your sister. So on my mom's actual first birthday after her passing, we lost our grandfather. And then a couple months after that, we almost lost my brother. He was like fighting for his life, literally. So it was just like going through all that. And then, you know, I'm trying to grieve my mom and now I gotta grieve my grandfather. Now I'm just praying to God that my brother makes it so I don't have to grieve, you know, losing him. And then I just, I felt everything. And it was just a lot of feeling. And I think sometimes we, I know we tend to try to rush things. I wanted to be the strong person for everybody else that I was thinking that I can rush my process so I can make sure everybody else is okay. And it's like, no, it's not my job. I love them and I want to be there for them, but I have to feel through this myself. I have to get through this myself before I can even fathom and think about helping anybody else. And I think I was neglecting myself for so long that I had to just take everything that I was receiving and hearing and actually start applying it. And I think that was just part of, like I said, growing up so fast, having to mature so fast because of everything I experienced as a child, it kind of helps me. It's a gift and a curse, I guess I could say, because it's like in these moments, it is a gift because I can be a rational thinker. I can feel my feelings, but I also can be a rational thinker to know that, girl, you've been here, you've seen some things, you know how this goes, but then it's also still saying like, no, it's okay to feel this because 
you know, my dad, I love my dad dearly, but I'm thinking sometimes, like, he thinks I'm a boy the way he's like, you can't, why are you crying? I'm like, well, dad, I'm a girl. But I mean, everybody cries, but I'm like, I'm a girl. Like, I'm going to cry. And it's just like, he's just like, oh, and just like, stop crying. I'm like, dad. Like, so it's like finding ways to grieve and even when it makes other people uncomfortable, because I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to allow you to, I'm not a boy. I'm not a son. I'm a girl. I'm a person. I got feelings. Maybe you don't cry, but I'm going to cry. So not hiding how you're dealing with your grief, but just feeling it and just, you know, it, I, I just, like I said, therapy and just everything I feel like in my life kind of came like full circle to help me deal with this. Like, cause like I said, I still have days. I still have, it can go from a day to a week where I'm just like, I don't want to go to bed and I just need my mom and I can't call my mom. Nobody talked to me. And then in some months where I can think about everything good and I'm like, I can cry tears of I just miss you and not those gut wrenching, you know, heart aching tears. Like the, it kind of is still a sadness, but it kind of changes in a sense, I guess you can say so. I hope that you continue to give yourself that grace to continue to cry and allow yourself to feel the feelings when you need to. Um, and I certainly think that you're going to be an example for those around you as to a, a healthy way, so. you know, a healthy way to try to deal with with life. This is life. This is, you know, it's not a Disney princess movie. And it's not. We wanted it to be so bad, but unfortunately it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, but you really have done a tremendous amount of work. And Thank I you. would say that your mom is definitely proud of what you're doing. I don't even know about the work you mentioned. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Just the self-awareness work that you have done to give yourself grace to be able to to extend grace to your mom is just, it's amazing. You know, some people go through their whole life bitter and hard and angry. Um, yes, and I've seen it and it's, I've seen it personally like up close with people and I'm just like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna walk around being angry at my mom for being a human being. Like, you know, maybe my childhood didn't, it could have been less of what it was, um, honestly, but you know, I feel like God knew that I was a person that could handle it and a lot of people go through things and it changes us all. And sometimes, unfortunately, it changes some people into people that they just not kind people because of everything they went through. And I always just told myself, I don't want this cruel world to make me hard. Like I want to be the kindness that the world needs because we need that. And people need to know it's out there. And if I'm out here being kind and no matter what everything I've been through and still go through, then I know that there's other people out here that or the same way. I'm not the only one. So I just try to just, you know, we just got to separate our parents are not superheroes. They're people before they had us. They were people. They can look amazing, but they're going through things behind closed doors and things that they want to hide from you. Some of them shelter us from it. Some of us don't. Um, don't hold that because one day they won't be here and you won't, it won't, it didn't solve anything walking around holding this grudge. Like you didn't get any answers that you wanted. I was never going to get answers to I tried to ask my mom about like her situation. She never wanted to talk about it. And that was something that I couldn't force. So it was like rack my brain for the rest of my life, pushing her to tell me and talk to me or just gratefully accepting the fact that she's not ready. She's not there. Maybe she never will be. She's not me. That's just that. So I think once we take away this complex and this pedestal we put our parents on, then we just can just love them and all people just love them for who they are and not what we want them to be. So, you know, you don't want to walk around. I unfortunately had neighbors 
who passed away a little bit after my mom, and they kind of had the same situation where it was a grudge being held. And so just watching their whole thing play out where no one came, no one was, took their ashes. Like, I didn't want that for my mother. Like, it's never been that extent that I would leave my mother's ashes or her remains. So, like, you know, like, you can't, you know, but I can't tell people how to handle their relationships either. But hopefully just this will help someone just say, like, you know, you don't have to tolerate they're things that make you uncomfortable, but just give your parents some grace. Just give them some grace. I really appreciate you being here today and sharing your story. Thank you. Before we finish, is there any last thing that you want to share? Um, grief is a process. There is no time frame on it. There is no right or wrong way to do it. Just give yourself patience and grace. Feel it. There is so much vulnerability and strength. Don't hide what you're feeling. If you're not okay, say you're not okay. You do not have to prove anything. Losing a parent, especially a mom, is just is gut wrenching. Like, and no one can tell you how to feel. Even like being one of my only friends that experienced it, I don't even know. I feel like if that was happened to them, God forbid, sooner or later, I don't know what to say. Still, so it's just like, just take your time with it. Give yourself grace and just feel your grief and just be patient. Just be patient with yourself. It's a process. That's great. I really appreciate you being here today and sharing your story. And thank you for having me and allowing me to. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.